In a recent sermon, Pastor Trent Griffith used a rather juicy illustration. If I took this orange and I squeezed it, what, what's going to come out? What kind of juice? You're such a perceptive crowd. Now, you said orange juice, but what if before the service, I put in a syringe and I sucked out all of the orange juice? And unbeknownst to you, I put another syringe in and I filled it back full of pickle juice. And then I squeezed it. What's gonna come out? Pickle juice. Here's the principle. When you're dealing with fruit, whatever's on the inside comes out when it gets squeezed. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. I don't know what's squeezing you today. It could be relational tension. Maybe your finances right now are really tight. Or maybe you feel stuck in the rut of a sinful habit that you just can't kick. Well, regardless of what's squeezing you, you can tell what's on the inside of you by what you see or hear coming out. Pastor Trent is in a series called Help. He's pointing us to the ways the Holy Spirit enables every true Christian to live God-honoring lives. Let's listen to some of the highlights of what we heard last week, and then we'll continue on in this message titled, Holy Spirit, Help! I Need to be Sanctified. Here's Pastor Trent. The primary help of the Holy Spirit after he makes you alive is to make you holy. Galatians chapter five, look at verse 16. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. How many of you are grateful that you're not under the law? And so after he has said your relationship with God is not based on the lists, he says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're going to be on a different list. So let me introduce to you the naughty list. It begins in verse 19. The works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and then he's got a junk drawer bucket there, and things like this. That's the list of the works of the flesh, and he says, I warn you. As I warn you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22 is the nice list. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, 
and envying one another. So let's learn four things this morning about holiness. First of all, holiness is pursued by walking in the Spirit. You see it back up in verse 16. He says, walk by the Spirit. Now, it's interesting throughout this passage, if you're paying attention, he tells us some things about the Spirit. He tells us to walk in the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. He says there's desires of the Spirit. He says we're led by the Spirit. There's the fruit of the Spirit, and we live by the Spirit. Anybody want to pick up the theme of this passage? And yet this is the one that everybody leaves out. This is the normal work of the Holy Spirit in the life of one who has been made alive, one who the Spirit has regenerated. Now, we're going to look at this list of the works of the flesh here, okay? Now, let me just say as we read this list, we've already read it there, it's there are 14 works of the flesh here. And then if you want to use the junk drawer that the things like this, that could be the 15th thing. It's like everything else your flesh wants to do that's opposed to God. I want you to understand something about this list. Everybody in this room has been on this list. Some of you are still on this list and that, that's a problem. We're going to look at that in a minute. But this is the best we can do without the Holy Spirit. These 14 things. Okay, so quit judging people and quit railing on people for doing this. They got no other choice. You had no other choice. This was just, this is just the natural outworking of flesh, okay? So he gives us these 14 things. They can be divided into about three different categories. Here's the three categories. Unbridled sexuality, misdirected worship, and broken relationships. Look at the first three of these on the list. Sexual immorality. The word in the Greek that's used there is the word pornea. We have an English word that comes from that word. Porn. Pornography. That word encapsulates all sexual activity outside of married heterosexual sex. The next word that's mentioned there is impurity. It's an uncleanness. Isn't it interesting? Something that starts out with an idea that you'll be thrilled and it's going to be so fun. It's going to be so wonderful. It always leaves you feeling dirty in the end. And so it's an uncleanness or an impurity. It leaves you with a sense that you need to be washed. The third word there is sensuality. That's living exclusively to stimulate one of your five senses so that you can activate the chemicals in your brain that give you a pleasure sense. Those chemicals, oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine. It's been called the new drug. Pornography, immorality, sexual sin gives you this sense of pleasure immediately, but leaves you with regret on the backside of that. And so the works of the flesh, sexual immorality, impurity, and sensuality. You should never share your body with somebody that is not willing to share the deepest part of them with you. And that is emotionally and spiritually and financially and in every other practical way. God's design is that one man would be married to one woman for one lifetime and they would raise all of their biological children together. That's God's plan A. 
Now, some of you are not on plan A, some of you are on like plan B and C and D. That's okay, that's okay. If you're on this list, welcome to the club. Everybody in this room has fallen into sexual immorality, sensuality, and immorality. But understand, if you claim the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you, and you find that in your life, you're not walking according to the Spirit. We'll talk more about that in a minute. The second category here is misdirected worship. And the two words that are used here are idolatry and sorcery. The human heart is an idol factory. Did you know that? God created your heart to worship. Everybody worships. You can't help yourself. But you can decide who you're going to worship. And if you decide you're not going to worship God, your heart will find something else to worship. It will turn a football team into an idol. It will turn a boyfriend or a girlfriend into an idol. It will turn a pile of money or a job or a career into an idol. And that idolatry is a work of the flesh. And then he uses the word sorcery here. Again, it's a work of the flesh. It's a way to connect with the spirit world outside of the Holy Spirit. That would include sorcery, magic, witchcraft. It's real simple. There's only two sources of spiritual power. And if you are not getting your spiritual power from the Holy Spirit, there's only one other team, okay? It's an unholy spirit. So that's your flesh enjoying it. The third category here is broken relationships. And man, there's a pile of lists here. He mentions enmity. That's just simply a hateful attitude. Strife, which is the result of bitterness and conflict. Jealousy, that's resentment from feeling like somebody's getting something that you deserve. And then there's rivalries, dissension, divisions, and envy. I left out fits of anger, outbursts of anger. When you use anger as a way to intimidate or control somebody else, all of it has to do with our interpersonal relationships. And you know what? That may have to do with one individual being at odds with another individual. But more often, it's groups of people being at odds with other groups of people. And so often in our culture, it's privileged groups of people mistreating and exercising injustice toward underprivileged groups of people. Men abusing women. Whites using their privilege against underprivileged blacks. Rich using their privilege or maybe not using their privilege for the benefit of underprivileged, economically disadvantaged people. People that make babies who don't give birth to them. Using a position of privilege not to serve and to love and empower those who are underprivileged. And as a result, what happens? We have rivalries, dissension, division, and envy, where the underprivileged actually envies the position of privilege so that they can treat people the way they've been treated. That's, we're just so jacked up. It's the works of the flesh. And you go home tonight, you turn on the nightly news, you know what you're gonna see? A report about the works of the flesh in the world today. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, divisions, and envy. That's what it's all about. 
He mentions two more here. I don't even know what category to put them in. Drunkenness. I think that's just the result of trying to numb the pain because you're on the list. Abusing alcohol. By the way, if somebody's ever told you you drink too much, you drink too much, okay? (laughs) Somebody loved you enough to tell you that. Why don't you try to be happy without that stuff? He said, I can't. It's because you're controlled by your flesh. You need the fruit of the Spirit. And then he mentions orgies. Next. And (laughs) then he says things like this. And then he says this, very important. He says, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you see your name on that list, that should concern you. Now, here's the problem. Everybody in this room is on that list. There's not a person in here that can honestly stand up and say, no, I've never, never had an outburst of anger, never envied anybody, never, never had a lustful thought. Just not me. No, everybody's on that list. And so if we read that literally, nobody in here is going to inherit the kingdom of God. So how do we interpret this? Well, I think it it all comes down to that little word, do. Those who do such things. The word really means practice such things. Some of your translations may actually say practice. Now, I don't know about you. I used to play football and we we had football practice. And and I played basketball, and we had basketball practice. I was not a particularly good free throw shooter. And so coach made me practice my free throws. And he stood me at the line, and he threw me the ball, and I took a shot, and he threw me another ball, and I took a shot. And the more I practiced, the easier it was to make a free throw. Here's the way that you need to read this. If it is becoming easier and easier and easier for you to practice these things, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. You are simply revealing that you are not regenerate. You've never had spiritual life because you've never experienced spiritual birth. And the best that you can do on any given day is one of those 14 things. It should be shocking for a genuine believer to find himself on this list for a short amount of time. And if you are finding yourself just living it up and no conviction, just like just having a great time in that, um, you're not going to heaven. If you'd like to get off that list, at the end of the service, the pastors will be here. We would love to receive you and help you get off that list because there's another list. The holiness that we seek, holiness is revealed by the fruit of the Spirit. Look here in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now I want you to notice something about verse 22. It says the fruit of the Spirit. Back up in verse 19, it talked about the works, plural, of the flesh. The works of the flesh are plural. The Fruit of the Spirit is singular. Fruit. What is this? It's an orange. If I take this and I slice it and I held it up to you, what would you see? You'd see sections in the fruit, right? That's kind of the way the the fruit of the Spirit is, right? It's just one fruit. 
it's been deposited in you. The way that it comes out looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, and whichever one I left off. Now, um, let me ask you this. If I took this orange and I squeezed it, what, what's going to come out? What kind of juice? You're such a perceptive crowd. Now, you said orange juice, but what if before the service, I put in a syringe and I sucked out all of the orange juice? And unbeknownst to you, I put another syringe in and I filled it back full of pickle juice. And then I squeezed it. What's going to come out? Pickle juice. Here's the principle. When you're dealing with fruit, whatever's on the inside comes out when it gets squeezed. Did you get squeezed this week? By a kid, a husband, an employer, a teacher, a test. Anybody get squeezed? We get squeezed all the time. Can I ask you what came out? The first list or the second list? Whatever's on the inside comes out when it gets squeezed. And so whatever comes out reveals whether you are being controlled by the works of the flesh or the fruit of the spirit. Let's look at this list. The first thing on the list is what? It's love, right? So does that contrast with sexual immorality, sensuality and immorality? Absolutely. Why don't you get off the first list so that you can enjoy what God wanted you to have? You're looking for love and you are settling for the substitute of sexual immorality. Love is not romance. Now, let me just say, how many of you ladies could use a little more romance? But listen, romance is the overflow of love. Actually, ladies, you, you don't just want romance. Romance is the overflow of love. And so love is the capital that I spend for the well-being of others. Self-sacrifice. It's not an emotion. Love is something you do when you don't actually feel any emotion. I do it because the Holy Spirit is producing something in me that I don't even know where it came from. It's the fruit of the Spirit. The second thing on the list is joy. Joy is a thrill that's produced from the knowledge of spiritual realities because I know what is going on in the kingdom of God I can actually be happy and joyful when the world is crashing down around me. Happiness is different than joy. Happiness is based on good things that happen to me. But when bad things are happening to me, I can still be joyful because I have a knowledge of what God is doing in his kingdom. The third thing is peace. Peace is a calm assurance that God is in control regardless of how chaotic or random life may appear. Patience. Patience is the ability to endure through suffering 
while you are waiting for God to change circumstances, change others, or change you. Patience. Kindness. Now, kindness is the contrast of all of those broken relationships. Instead of anger and fighting and division and enmity and strife, kindness. Kindness is personal concern for others that makes their load lighter. And goodness, goodness is moral integrity that is able to deflect accusations. When somebody makes an accusation against you, your moral character and your longstanding record of being good just does not stick. It slides right off of you because of the moral excellence that has risen above the decaying culture around you. The cream rises to the top. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is the contrast to misdirected worship, not idolatry and sorcery, but faithfulness to God. It's an enduring goodness, an enduring loyalty to God that's proven over time. Anybody can be good for a while, but faithfulness to the end is a fruit of the spirit. Gentleness. Gentleness is that quality in me that refines harshness and refuses to wield power to control others. Gentleness, self-control. Self-control is bringing my passions under the control of the Holy Spirit. It's bringing my thoughts in line with truth. It's bringing my activity in line with holiness. My son, Zach, when he was like two years old, He's just a super active kid. He's just bouncing around all the time. You're wearing me out. We would grab him by the shoulders and we learned a definition. We're like, Zach, you need self-control. We're going to learn this definition. This is our definition. It is bringing the members of my body into obedience to my brain. And there was another part that I can't remember right now, but it was really cute at the time. So that's what self-control is. How many of you could use a little more self-control? Just bringing my spending under control, my eating under control, my thought life under control. It's a fruit of the spirit. It's not just a diet. It's actually learning to bring the appetites of my body under the control of the spirit. Here's the last thing. Holiness is possible. Some of you just needed to hear that. It is possible for you to be holy. Holiness is possible as we keep in step with the spirit. Look at verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus. How many of you belong to Christ Jesus? Raise your hand if you belong to Christ Jesus. I want to see all the people that belong to Christ Jesus. He owns you. You belong to him. You believe in him. He belongs to you. You belong to him. And so those of you who belong to Christ Jesus, here's what's true about you. You have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And yet somehow every day it has little mini resurrections, right? You have to crucify it again, nail that sucker to the cross, right? And then in verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, how many of you live by the Spirit? Raise your, if you raised your hand the first time, you raise your hand the second time, okay? If you belong to Christ, you live by the Spirit. That is an indicative, not an imperative. You live by the Spirit. He lives inside of you and you live by Him. Then comes the imperative. You see it? Keep in step with the Spirit. Don't lag behind, don't race ahead, to keep in step. That has to do with like marching in formation. And if you do this, he says, you 
Let us not become conceited, not proud and haughty, but humble, not provoking one another, but encouraging one another, not envying one another, but loving one another. I want you to stand with me. I want you to bow your heads. I want to ask you about those two lists. Which one are you on? When you are squeezed, what comes out of you? Impurity, sensuality, sexuality, idolatry, sorcery, envy, control, strifes, divisions, drunkenness. Right now, would you yield control to the Holy Spirit of God? Would you ask him to fill you with the Spirit so the next time you get squeezed, what comes out is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Now listen, if you find yourself characterized by the first list, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. The way that you get into the kingdom of God is by repenting of those things, turning your back on those things. And like a newborn baby who's been given new life, you step away. You walk by the Spirit, toward the Spirit. Turn your back on those things. If you need to do that today, there's people here at the front that would love to pray with you. You can experience new birth that brings new life that produces new fruit. Father, I pray that your spirit would continue to work in us and through us. And each one of us is gonna get squeezed this week. There's gonna be pressure. There's gonna be things that we don't understand, things that we can't control. And I pray, God, that by your spirit, what would come out of us is holy fruit produced by the Holy Spirit. It's for your glory that we pray these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Just like toddlers learning to walk, we often stumble our way toward holiness and Christ-likeness. We fall, but we get back up. And little by little, the Holy Spirit transforms us to be characterized by that second list rather than the first. So the Holy Spirit is our helper. He warns us and convicts us of sin. He empowers us to choose right over wrong. Another important part of our spiritual growth is living out the Christian life in community. We all need each other. And that's why you need to be plugged into a local church where you can live out your faith on a daily basis. So as the book of Hebrews reminds us, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another. If you live in the Michiana area and are looking for a church home, I want to invite you to join us for a worship service at Harvest Bible Chapel. For information about service times and where we're located, just go to harvestgranger.org. Again, that's harvestgranger.org. And be sure to follow us on Facebook by searching for Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. 
So do you like getting gifts? I think we all do. And you might have a mental list of what you'd like for Christmas this year, or maybe you have an actual list. Uh, Please don't send it to Santa though. Next week on Resonate, we'll hear about the spiritual gifts that we receive from the Holy Spirit. I hope you'll join us then. Thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that God's Word would resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.